So yeah, I haven't put out a new episode in a couple of weeks, folks. And that's because, of course, we are on hiatus as we gear up to season six of Just Another Fanboy. But, you know, you didn't think I would just leave you without anything during our time off, did you? Did you? Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and this is one of them there bonus episodes that I like to do whenever we're on hiatus between seasons. It's not an episode that I have to put a lot of work into. I just record this whole intro. Everything else after the intro is uh, stuff that's been recorded previously. And and today you're going to get the Halloween episode that I put together for my patrons over there on the My Other Podcast podcast. I may drop a couple more of these types of bonus episodes because I'll be honest with you folks, you're not getting a new, brand new, brand spanking new, all new content episode of Just Another Fanboy until season six launches, which will be the first week of January. So uh, buckle in, folks, for some Halloween goodness. It's never too late to celebrate Halloween, is it? Probably not. Here's just a small bit of music, and then we'll get into the episode of my other podcast. Enjoy, have fun. You will not hear any more new stuff at the end. This is all my other podcast. Enjoy. Here we go. Yo. Palin, I want you to help me out with my episode today. Um, I have to tell a joke, but I have too many to choose from. So I want you to pick a number between one and 60. Okay. Um, 43. 43. Vampires always seem like they're ill. It's probably because they're always coughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly... To my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my hello and welcome to another episode of my other podcast and happy Halloween, everybody. This is being released on October 29th, so no, it's not Halloween, but Halloween is just a few days away, so. Happy Halloween. And with that in mind, I sort of have a Halloween-themed comic book to talk about. It's a comic book that just came out. It's called DC vs. Vampires. This is issue number one. It just hit the stands on October 26th. It was written by Matthew Rosenberg with James Tynan IV. And the art was by the beautiful Otto Schmidt. Love that guy's artwork. However... The only thing I remember, I believe I've ever read that Otto Schmidt was the artist on was the uh, Green Arrow book coming out of DC Rebirth. And I don't even think he was on all that many issues, but his art, it was just gorgeous in it. And it's gorgeous in this. And frankly, just based on the cover alone, which has a very awesome 
DC versus vampires logo on it. And the DC is incorporated into a, a, an open mouth with the pointy fangs biting down on the vampires, but it has Batman and green arrow on the front cover and they're stabbing vampires to death. It looks freaking amazing. Now this is a 12 issue limited series, which just has me all kinds of excited because I went into this hoping for something to, you know, like I was looking for another experience that was like deceased, not a book like deceased, but a book that is a, uh, you know, it's, it's not set in the, in the main continuity and just all kinds of crazy stuff can happen. And just simply based on this first issue, that's what I'm going to get. I really enjoyed it. However, what you need to know if you haven't read it yet is that it does feature in this first uh, issue a character by the name of Andrew Bennett, who was from a comic book called I Vampire, which came out in the in the 80s. Maybe uh, I, I looked it up on on Wikipedia. Let me just let me just read a few things to you from Wikipedia. So. I Vampire is a comic book series from DC Comics created by writer J.M. DeMatteis and artist Tom Sutton about a fictional character named Andrew Bennett. The character and storyline originally started as a backup story in the House of Mystery between 1981 and 1983, but was popular enough to become the main feature. The I Vampire finale was almost book length. Now, I didn't read any of these I Vampire books. And I don't know that you necessarily need to know much about this guy to enjoy this book. They kind of tell you everything you need to know, but it's always kind of fun to go into a book knowing who some of these characters are. So let me give you just a little bit of backstory on Andrew Bennett. In 1590, and I, I guess I should say this comes from Wikipedia as well. In 1591, after being turned into a vampire himself, Lord Andrew Bennett turned his lover, Mary Seward, into a vampire, and she became corrupted by the power. She took the name Mary, Queen of Blood, and created a group of vampires called the Blood Red Moon, bent on taking over the world. The series followed Bennett into the modern day as he tried to undo his mistake and take down Mary and the Blood Red Moon. That's really about all you need to know. As this book opens up, DC versus Vampires, we are following Andrew Bennett. He's wrapped in bandages. He's wearing a big like trench coat cloak type thing and a big old wide brimmed hat and sunglasses to keep him out of the sun because it's during the day. And there's a bit of narration from him that ties into the end of this issue. We don't know it yet, but what we're reading, this narration is actually a letter that he has written that we'll get to at the end of the issue. But he is trying to make his way to the Justice League headquarters, the Hall of Justice. And while Green Arrow does not feature at all in this entire issue, there is a moment where on the very first page, uh, this Andrew Bennett guy, like I said, covered head to toe in bandages with this big cloak and hat on and sunglasses. He looks very mysterious. As he's creeping about in front of the Hall of Justice, we see somebody, we only see their torso. They look very much like the green arrow who the, the, the character he's sitting there narrating and he's saying, I vampire am being hunted. Now, like I said, I had no idea who this Andrew Bennett guy was. I never read any of these I vampire books, but the moment right here on this first page, when he says 
in this narration, I vampire, I went, ooh, that's something. Because I know there's uh, I zombie. That was a book, right? And I vampire just really just opened up some kind of memory in me. And so I went and looked it up. And, and that's when I found that Wikipedia page. Anyway, he makes his way to the Hall of Justice. He's run over by a car. It seems to be a, just a simple accident. But as a crowd of onlookers come to try to help him out, his cloak falls off, his hat falls off, his sunglasses have fallen off, and of course his skin starts burning in the sun. Green Lantern comes along and helps him using his ring to block out the UV rays that hurt vampires. He takes him into the Hall of Justice. Andrew Bennett really wants to talk to everybody, every member of the Justice League. He wants to talk to the whole team. He said it's a matter of life and death. The whole world is at stake. But Green Lantern tells him that they're off planet. There is, however, Zan from the Wonder Twins. Zan is there. And Andrew at that point then is forced to tell his story, hoping that he could tell it to the entire Justice League. Instead, he has to tell it to just the Green Lantern and this Zan dude who Andrew has no idea who that guy is. And he doesn't seem to be taken all that seriously by Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. But Andrew Bennett tells them this story about he is he's a vampire. He hunts vampires. He tells them about his ex, Mary, Queen of Blood, and her group, the Blood Red Moon, and how they want to take over the world. And he explains to them that he stumbles into this plot. Um, basically, he says that while Mary, Queen of Blood, was a bad lady, there was she always kind of, I don't know, she always kept her group kind of reined in. She had certain rules. So while they were interested in taking over the world, I guess they, I don't know, it's, uh, let me, let me see, how does he explain it? Well, actually in this book, she had, uh, by this point, she had brooked some kind of peace between man and vampire. And while her group, the Blood Red Moon, they still go out there and they hunt and they, they feed, they, they apparently no longer desire to take over the world, um, but then she had been murdered. He discovered that she'd been murdered. And that is a bad thing because she was the only thing that was keeping this vampire nation from starting a war against humanity. So he goes out to, to find the killer. You know, he's looking under rocks. He's shaking some trees. And it ends up leading him to the Legion of Doom. So this is what I love about books like this. So we've already got the Hall of Justice, which does appear in the comic books. I know it's a part of the books now, but it was always a big part of the Super Friends, you know, the cartoon that I used to love. And I and one version of the Super Friends, they would always go up against the Legion of Doom and they had this base that looked almost like freaking Darth Vader's mask in the middle of a swamp. And that's what we've got here. And so he breaks into the Legion of Doom headquarters and he finds that most of them are dead. The vampires have already attacked and they've killed most of some of the Legion of Doom, but they've also uh, converted other members of the Legion of Doom into vampires. And he ends up finding uh, Lex Luthor, who's not quite dead. Apparently he was uh, gravely injured fighting these vampires. They've been torturing him and they want to turn him, but he doesn't want to be turned, but they're just playing with him at this point. And he... Well, before he stumbles across Lex Luthor, he stumbles across their plans. The The vampires apparently have taken uh, lodging in the Legion of Doom headquarters. And so they have plans to convert 
everybody into vampires. They're 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 just wanting to basically, well, not quite destroy the human race, but yeah, take over the world, uh, leave some humans alive to to be bred as food, basically. And they have this whole plan put together. Uh, certain uh, superheroes that they want to turn and certain villains that they want to turn. And so he stumbles across Lex Luthor and he basically tells he, after Andrew convinces him that while yes, he's a vampire, he's not one of the bad guys. He tells him, all right, well you have to get out there and you have to, uh, you have to get help. And he writes down this address. He goes, you have to go to this address and tell the, tell them what you've seen here. And Andrew looks at the paper and he's like, well, this is and. And so, and like Suther's like, trust me, this is where you got to go. So we're like, what's going on? What address does he get? Did he give him? We're assuming that the address is the hall of justice, which does seem kind of weird because, you know, that's the only thing I could think of, but I'm like, but why would, why would he need to give him the address to the hall of justice? I mean, that's like saying, here's the address to the white house. You know, it's, I'm sure people know where the hall of justice is, but he tells him that he, he has to go to this address and Anders like, well, how do I make them trust me? Because I'm a vampire. And Lex pulls out a freaking hypodermic needle, sticks it in his freaking neck, and extracts a big old mess of blood. And he hands it to him. And he says, take them, you know, take this to them. And then he asks, then he says, but you have to do something for me. You have to kill me. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't do that stuff anymore, Bessie. I can't do that. I'm, I'm sorry, bro. And Lex is like, I don't want them to turn me. You have to kill me. And finally, Andrew's like, all right, fine. And he goes to bite him. And Lex is like, no, you idiot. Use your hands. You have to, you have to kill me, you know, so it doesn't look like you've been here, basically. And, and as he's dying, as he's being choked to death, he says, let the world know it was me who saved them. And so at that point, freaking Gorilla Grodd, is that who that is? I'm assuming that's Gorilla Grodd. I mean, it's a big gorilla. He's a vampire and some other villain. I'm not sure who the other villain is. Uh, I don't recognize him at all. But they're both vampires now. They find that Lex is dead. They discover that there's somebody in the base and they set off the alarm. So Andrew's trying to escape and the Riddler, who is now a vampire, catches him and they fight for a bit. And freaking Andrew stabs him in the eye with this hypodermic needle and squirts some of this blood into him and it just turns him into ash. Well, Andrew manages to escape. A, uh, a vampiritic cheetah chases him at one point, but he manages to he manages to escape. And there's another moment where he's like uh, the, another moment where I'm assuming again it might not be Green Arrow, it could be Merlin, who is another who's an evil archer. But we see this kind of montage of him trying to make his way to what we assume is the Hall of Justice, and he's like, "I've been running for almost a week, moving in the daytime to avoid them. No matter no matter what I do, they get closer every day." Their agents are everywhere. And we see over his shoulder, a guy standing on a building top with a hood and he's holding a bow. And it's like, is that freaking green arrow? But I don't, he's, he's not a vampire. Otherwise, why would they put him on the cover killing vampires? But anyway, after he tells them the story, here comes a big spoiler, folks, big, big spoilers. You should always know I'm going to spoil the crap out of stuff. We learn this entire time. Hal Jordan is a freaking vampire and he uses his ring to snatch up Zan and he puts him into a giant blender that he's made out of his ring and he blends him into just pulp and blood, which he pours into a mug that he's also made with his ring. And then he has a drink, has a drink of it. And then he uses his ring. You know, he explains that the reason why he was outside, he was able to be outside in the daytime without any, any kind of covering is that his 
ring is basically, it makes constructs made of light. And so his ring protected him. And then he uses his ring to create the type of ultraviolet light that is what burns vampires. And he just, he, he burns Andrew to death. And now, even though he was undead, he's now a pile of ash. At that point, Aquaman comes in and he's like, there you are. Batman called a team meeting. And Hal's like, oh, sorry, Arthur, just washing up. I ate something that didn't agree with me. So we're assuming at this point that Aquaman is not a vampire. And yet he's got what looks like blood on him. I don't know. I'm really confused at this point because then Aquaman asks Hal, do you know where Queen is? Or you don't know where Queen is. Do you know what he's seen him in days? Hal says, nope, but you know, Ollie, he'll turn up. And then Aquaman says, is it really dusty in here? Which is because of all the ash. But I don't know. I, it's like they're wanting us to, they're, they're, Aquaman is acting as if he's not a vampire and Hal is acting as if he doesn't want Aquaman to know that he's a vampire. And so, but I don't know. It's just this weird coloring choice on Aquaman's costume that looks like blood on his shoulders and his arms. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But then we go to later that night. We're at the Bat Cave. Batman shows up. Alfred is waiting for him in the Bat Cave, and he tells him that that a, a a man had come to see him at the house, and he didn't know who he was. He was a peculiar man, quite nervous. And uh, Batman or Bruce asks him, "I get, I'm guessing the security cameras couldn't find a match in my files." And Alfred says, "Seeing as he was entirely bandaged up like a mummy, the answer would be no." Well, he hands a letter over to Bruce, and this is the letter as you read it. Most of it is what we were hearing at the beginning, the narration. And it says, I know my coming here like this is dangerous and I apologize, but I have nowhere else to go. I need your help. The world needs your help. We have met before and I hope you might remember me. My name is Andrew Bennett and I come to you now in this most desperate hour. My journey here has not been easy. I have been forced to run, to hide, to fight, but now I fear it all comes to an end one way or another. I am alone. I am afraid. I vampire, I'm being hunted. I don't know exactly who they are. They could be anyone. They draw closer with every passing day. And we find out that this guy, Andrew Bennett, had also given Alfred that hypodermic needle with Lex's blood in it. And he shows it to Bruce and he says, he also wanted me to tell you that Lex Luthor might have just saved the world. And we get it to be continued. This was a really fun issue. And... We get quite a bit here in this first issue, and there's 11 more to go. So I'm just so looking forward to the rest of this. It's going to be a fun year reading this book. And again, Otto Schmidt, love his art. It's just beautiful. Uh, I love the way he does Oliver Queen, and I'm looking forward to Oliver showing up. I remember that Green Arrow book that came out of DC uh, Rebirth. Ollie was a real hipster looking guy, you know? One of these hipsters that you see with the beards, you know, like a like a freaking Rhett McLaughlin from freaking uh, Good Mythical Morning. That's he just he he had that vibe to him. One of these uh, Seattle, Portland hipster coffee loving dudes, you know. And I just I just loved it. It was it was awesome. It was a, a great book, uh, at least for the time Otto was on there. I didn't read it after Otto left, but I have I've been super pumped for this book. The first issue was great. I love when they do this stuff and they release it right, you know, right before Halloween. I feel like that's what they did with Deceased as well, whether that was last year or a couple of years ago. But 
uh, I think we're in for a lot of fun with this series. And if the cover is in any way something that depicts anything that's going to happen in this book, Green Arrow and Batman will work together to kill a great big mess of vampires. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm not a big vampire guy. I really never have been. And yet I love the book, Philadelphia, which is all about vampires. And I'm loving this book. I think what I don't like are the Anne Rice kind of vampires, those gothic, oh, I'm so emo type of vampires. But so far this, again, just the first issue. But uh, I got some deceased vibes from it because, you know, we've got super villains and superheroes that have been turned. But instead of being mindless zombies, they're they're just, they're vampires. They, you know, they obviously still retain who they are. But for some reason, it turned Hal Jordan into a freaking evil dude. And I would like to know how that's possible, because obviously this Andrew Bennett guy can be turned into a vampire and regret what he's done and try to do good because of it. So why did Hal Jordan just immediately turn into a freaking evil dude? But I don't know. Uh, I may come back here on my other podcast and talk about other issues uh, I don't know. We'll see how the next few go as they come along. But I know I bet you for darn certain when the whole series is done, I'll probably talk about it over on just another fanboy. Uh, yeah, that's about it, folks. Um, if you haven't joined my mailing list yet, I'm trying to get that back into gear. I'm sending one. I sent him uh, uh, an email out today. I decided that it's primarily going to be to let folks know what episodes I've released throughout the week. But there's going to be other stuff in it as well. I had, uh, for example, I had written this short story, this short Norman, Oklahoma story, and I've started uh, cleaning it up, you know, doing some editing and uh, just getting it uh, to flow a bit better. And so as I've been doing that, uh, I've been putting those in the newsletter. So this one that goes out that went out today has part four of that. But you're also going to get that over on uh, one of my websites, stephenrorr.com. I've decided to make that kind of a central place where anything that I've ever created that you can get for free, uh, you can get over there. So, uh, you know, I'll have all my podcast episodes over there. Um, I'm going to start putting up the uh, Our Adventure Continues strips over there uh, with please. You know, hey, if you like this, please go over to Twitter and Instagram and like this, the post, and I'll link to it. And, you know, if we can get a bunch of people liking these strips, then maybe Harold and I will come back and start doing some new ones. But so check that out. But if you want to join the mailing list, it's list.justanotherfanboy.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that way, I mean, if if you're on the Patreon, so you get basically an alert every time I put an episode up because you usually get them early. So as far as that point of the newsletter, it probably wouldn't behoove you too much to join. But as far as being able to read stuff that I've written and junk like that, you know, whatever. Do do what you want to do, folks. Be who you want to be. Do who you want to do the Adams family. I don't know the words. MC freaking Hammer, though, right? Who can who can remember that? Freaking MC Hammer doing the Adams family song. Be who you want to be. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I don't remember. Maybe I'll find it and stick it here at the end of the episode. If I don't, I apologize. If I do, you got something special. All right, that's it, folks. That's the episode. I'll talk to you next week. Happy Halloween! They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play.
and they stop a friend.